0: Okay, so there's like three or four people from that going through the Bible class here this morning. I just want you to know that they're in the room, and they've been through the Bible. You're the second time around the Bible now? Third time around the Bible, so I'm not perspiring yet, but uh, I feel pressure because I'm not in that group, and I'm doing other things, and so if y'all need to correct me, you can just go, or something and uh, I'll give you the microphone and you can fix it <laughs> I'm, I'm in the New American Center I'm going to go over um, uh, this is the uh, being a school teacher you just I don't know is your husband this way Jennifer does he, does he footnote conversations with time and space or something about something that he said thank you Colin have you ever noticed that? Yes, your, da- your, your daughter is saying that. Yes, he does. He does that. Yeah, because there's some there's some part of me as a as a retired teacher that I just feel like I've always got to tell you where I got it from, what the footnote and whatever the background was. Not that you care a bit, or you might, but so Lord, your will would. Uh, Interacting with us, with scripture this morning. Uh, thank you. Everything that uh, in the worship set just then, the prayers, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Speak to us today. Communicate with us in Jesus' name. Amen. So, one of my friends, there's, there's your husband. I was even talking about him. At um, needing to footnote things, Brooke, that, that I have this need to tell when I'm talking, like where I got it, if it's a, if I'm trying to quote somebody, or what book it's from, or where did they say it, and I, I have all these. I have, I have four or five notes about Pompeii from 79 A.D. when Mount Vesuvius went off, and you know they found. I don't know if it was in the 1700s, but they they found in digging in that part of Italy the remains of the city. And uh, it's a fascinating thing because uh, as people were trying to escape and do different things, there was so much volcanic ash that came down within a few hours that it just covered the city where it was. And some roofs fell in from the weight of things, but mainly people in the streets... Food on food, what was being baked, everything. you could just go back in time. Now, it has nothing to do with this except that one of my friends had a dream about Lot's wife. And the whole part of her following behind, you know, and then it says that she looked back and that she turned into a pillar of salt. Well, that made me think about the volcanic activity in 79 AD in this case, okay, so, you know. So, so I, I, yesterday I got, see, the weather was really good I, outside at our house, and I was sitting in my truck in the shade with the windows down, the wind was blowing through, and I decided that I'm just going to use that like a detective. Gonna, because you know, how often do your friends have a dream about some piece of scripture? It didn't matter what their dream, how they interpreted it, what it was about. It was just the fact that it was about Lot's wife. So I went to, I read that. Okay. So then I decided I would go backwards in time and backwards and further back and further back and further back. So turn with me (laughs) to chapter 12 of Genesis. We're not going anywhere near Lot's wife. There's no way to getting there from here. I just ran into some other stuff. So um, this is New American Standard. When I I get there, I'm going to... I'm actually, Ben, not that you have to go back. I, I'm I'm going to go back and just talk for a second at the end of chapter 11. Um, Teran has three boys. He has um, Abraham. He's not going to be called Abraham. God's going to change his name. But... It, um, going to have Abram and he's going to have Nahor and he's going to have Haran and they're living in uh, the dad and the boys uh, are all we is what we have from scripture they're living in Ur of the Chaldees which is on the Persian sea and it's right where uh, um, upstream a little bit from the Euphrates is coming down and the Tigris is further over. They're both coming down to this part of the Gulf, uh, to the Persian Gulf, and so the city is, is there. And uh, it says in chapter eleven twenty-seven that Iran um, has a—he's a father. He has a son named Lot, but he dies in Ur. And so you always piece—I always piece together stories that I can't prove. I just kind of like, well, if I was just. This was a frozen scene of Mr. Peabody and them from Rocky and Bullwinkle. you know they always traveled in time. I got you Ben, didn't I Benjamin yeah yeah i I love Mr. Peabody and stuff because you learn history kind of a weird way, but it's it's like history. It's the same thing, so I'm just like that, like you know how they visit stuff in the cartoon and and so it's just like. You and I are there, and they're like frozen figures, and we're just kind of walking around them. So we see this dad. He's got three boys. One of the boys has a son, and then then this boy dies. So maybe this is the reason that they leave town. I don't know. But they start going upstream. They start going along the Euphrates. And they go up and it's about i don't I'm trying to look at I looked at the on Apple maps today, like how far is that i I don't know like two hundred and two hundred two hundred fifty miles up, and they stop for some reason, and they name the place after Lot's dad, Haran. It wasn't Haran until they named it Haran, <laughs> okay, so he's named for the son that died, and they stay there and Dad and the other two boys and the grand and, and the and the grandson they stay there until the dad dies okay and then chapter twelve starts. Chapter twelve begins when after the dad has just died, he lived to be two hundred and five anyway chapter twelve Now the Lord I always love this because just reading scripture, this is Moses writing this all down, okay? So in my New American Standard, Lord, you see, is all capitalized. Now, when it's all capitalized, that is the word we don't pronounce, Yahweh, which we don't use, we we stuck vowels in it, you know, we always talk about that. So if you and I were Jewish, and we were reading this, we would say Adonai as a replacement word for YHWH, which we never say because it's so holy we Don't even try to say it. It's it's not meant to be pronounced. It's Father God in his holiness who he is. So the Lord speaks to Abram and says, Go forth from your country, from your relatives, from your father's house to the land which I'll show you. So maybe they've kind of settled there a while. Maybe they got other relatives. Maybe that's why they ended up going there. I don't know. And I will make you a great nation, and I will bless you, and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. And I will bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. Now that's a heck of a thing to say to someone. But it's God after all. And he's talking to Abr- Abram. Abram. Abr- <laughs> I'm always in my brain hearing abraham when i see that so i can identify with this because of my age now that i've gotten a little bit older right so verse four so Abraham went forth as the lord had spoken to him and lot went with him so his his nephew is going to go with him uh, we don't know about the other brother the other brother undoubtedly stayed up there And Now, Abram was 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Now, there again, I identified with that. Okay, he's four years older than me. What if in four years, God talks to me at such a level and says, I want you to pack up and I want you to move, I don't know, somewhere. Somewhere that I don't know anybody. In their case, like, take everything you've got, you, they've got, they raise cattle and stuff, and so they've got, they've also taken on some people that work with them, maybe, I don't know, maybe they have some, you know, slaves were possible back then, this time. It, they it's a pretty big deal. This is a really big deal. Now, Abram also has a wife, Sarah. Now, from reading other scripture, we know that she's 10 years younger than he is, so he's 75. She's 65 and Lot's younger. So so verse 5, Abraham took Sarah, his wife, and Lot, his nephew, and all their possessions which they had accumulated and the persons which they had acquired in Haran, and they set out for for the land of Cana. And thus they came to the land of Cana. Now on the map, it's sort of like you're going from Persia uphill to Haran. I mean on the map you know, like it's going up this way they stay here until his dad dies and then God says leave I'm going to kind of show you where to go and they go to Cana which is kind of like down so it's like a triangle almost and Cana is the land that will become Israel and surrounding area there and it goes from the Mediterranean Sea over to the current Lebanon and all that you know down, you know, down to the Uh, to the southern country part, which is not mountainous. It's flatter. It's going to work on down until we run into Egyptians. And that's another group of people. Okay, so he goes so far as uh, at Ketchum. And and it says, and there were Canaanites living in the land. In other words, this is not just an empty place. Verse 7, and the Lord appears to Abram. Now he's talked to him when he was in Haran, and now that he's in the land, the Lord has appeared to him and said, verse 7, to your descendants I'll give this land. So he builds his first altar. He built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. So, you know, in their altar building, usually they make it the, uh, if you <laughs> kind of, time-wise, because, you know, it's, it's future tense of Moses, but Moses was in the first five books and stuff. So we we kind of know that they, they build an altar out of uncut stones as part of the pattern. They, he's built an altar, a place that he can uh, leave something, a monument to God, uh, than not uh, build fire on it or something, different things. So then verse 8, Then he proceeds from there to the mountain to the east of Bethel. Bethel is the word that means white uh, city of God Bethel and pitches his tent there and so Bethel's on the west and Ai's on the east it kind of gives a location and, and he, he built the altar to the Lord and he called upon the name of the Lord so um, he knows there's a God he knows whoever this is that's talked to him twice um, uh, well, appeared to him once and talked to him, and then the other time his maybe he just talked to him. So there, there's a there's a famine in the land, and he goes down to Egypt. And then we have the story of him telling his 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 cute wife, like, hey, will you pose as being my sister, because the Egyptians are going to find out that you're really pretty, and they're gonna like. They're going to kill me and take you. So could, could we just do this? <laughs> no. So as the story goes, yep, gets down there. The, I guess they're always checking, like, maybe the gates to the country. I mean, I, don't you wonder how they come up with this? But when, when they arrive, somebody gets back to favor, going, hey, there's a really cute Gert woman down there. I think we need to bring her up to the palace. So they do. She does, she says she's the sister, and then, well, it doesn't go well for Pharaoh. You know, life suddenly gets hard, to the point is, I'm sure, you know, he's got his spiritual people, his Egyptians, going, what in the heck is going on? Well, she's not who she appears to be, undoubtedly. So then he confronts Aram and says, why didn't you tell me that this was your wife? Well, I'm afraid she's going to try to kill me. You know, so Pharaoh kind of makes it up to him, gives him a bunch of, gives him money, gives him stuff, and says, leave town. So then they go back up into the south country. They go back into Cana, and they're down in the area where it's not mountainous, and uh, that's where they're going. And so because um, I think some of this is, I, it's, implied to me that lot, lot was not just going along with his uncle, Lot also was developing and so uh, Lot's getting a lot of cattle and stuff and workers and stuff and, it, and it's getting too crowded for them there's not enough grasslands for and, and their shepherds are getting not, Well, you know I don't like your boss, so I don't like you you know, the, the, they're getting in an argument back and forth, starting to have hard, hard times there Says in chapter 13. So we go on over in, in 13, and Abram says in verse 8, uh, let's, not, let's not have any strife between you and me, nor between my herdsman or your hus- uh, husband, because we're brothers. Technically not, but we're spiritually, we're, we're brothers. He says, You got the whole land. You, you pick what lot, you pick whatever you want to go. If you want to go the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left well Lot looks up now they're up on it's kind of up okay and they're up to me like they're up up high enough you can see down off the sides if you walk over and you can see the Jordan Valley the Jordan Valley is running with the Jordan River you know and you got the Dead Sea and all this stuff and so it's a pretty good place to raise cattle and stuff and there's some cities down there little places along it and so Lot chooses the valley he says no i'm gonna move down there so he moves as far as he's just outside of the city conveniently for him outside of sodom that's where he's gonna move to he doesn't have at this time he doesn't have a wife he's he's just a cattleman or whatever cattle and animals what do you call that he's Shepherd, okay, that's good. That that could count them all, couldn't it? Sheep from from sheep to goats to like he's okay. Shepherd, that's good, Jennifer. That helps. Okay, so they they uh, they separate. They um, and as soon as they separate, kind of, I think it's just as to me, it's like just as soon. Um, the Lord well, it's mentioned verse thirteen. Now the men of Sodom were wicked exceedingly. <laughs> and sinners against the lord they didn't really follow god they had their own thing going down there uh and the lord says to abram in verse 14 chapter 13 after lot has separated from him now lift up your eyes and look from the place where you are northward southward eastward and westward for all the land which you see i will give it to you and to your descendants forever I'll make your descendants as the dust of the earth, so if anyone can number the dust of the earth, then your descendants can also be numbered. Arise and walk around the land through its length and breadth, for I will give it to you. So Abram moves his tent. He, comes, he came and dwelt by these oaks over in Hebron, and he builds a second altar. So the first altar he's built between Bethel, and of course, Bethel's probably not a place yet, but Moses has given us the locations. The first time he builds one between, when he gets to Cana, he builds one between Bethel and Ai, and now he has come back to the area. They've divided up, you know, after all that down in Egypt, and he is uh, in the Hebron area, and he builds a second altar. So now he's left two altars in the land of Cana that he's built isn't that interesting he's just going along following God but being who he is a worshipper of God of making formal places of worship go through the trouble to set stones set this up set it up in a pattern that he's learned somewhere that if you went by you go and you were from his background, you you go ah oh, an altar somebody's worshipping God here so chapter 14 i'm cruising over some of this hopefully you can kind of follow so they they uh everybody down down in the jordan valley don't get along there's a bunch of little I don't know if they're city states. Just little, they're little places, big enough that they've got a boss. They got somebody who calls himself probably the king, you know, meaning he's got some people giving him maybe paying for protection or just because he's charging them because they live under his domain. So, so you got you got like a, a group of maybe five guys that have little kingdoms or little towns nearby, and you got some others. And so they start having this dispute back and forth to the point that the uh uh one group's beating up on the other, and the the king of uh of uh, sodom and there was another there's a couple of them um they they get stuck out in a in a bunch of uh okay so they they uh sodom and gomorrah and is that all that was there They they got in they got into some tar pits and the the fight was not going well so they run off (laughs) you know tars kind of slowed them down and so then then as in this time period what do you do well you go take everything the other guy left you clean them out you know they're gone we got their stuff and you take anybody that's living there anybody we can put to work any of their slaves and so uh, Abram's nephew Lot happens to be part of the uh, the entourage so these kings take Lot take all of Lot's stuff and uh, thank goodness somebody survives this and runs away and tells Abram that hey they came and they got in a battle and like all this stuff and your nephew's gone and his stuff's gone and a bunch of stuff's gone and so Abram has gotten pretty good at things. He's got three hundred and eighteen guys that he's trained some way that can fight. So they're not just shepherds, they're fighting shepherds. <laughs> they can they can like defend not only against animals, but against other people trying to take their their livestock. So he comes up with a plan. They go and uh, go after the guys and they win they they drive them off they get all the stuff they get all a the lot they get a lot of stuff back they get some now they got stuff from these other kings that took stuff so now they got a bunch of stuff i just try to think about hauling it how did you haul all that stuff back Like I, this is a lot of trouble i guess i'm older now so i like so you know you can't go get u-hauls or something uh so, so they're, they're bringing it back. Isn't this exciting how I'm telling this in such a line-by-line, word-by-word definition, kind of overview version? So we get down to um, the king of uh, Sodom comes out to meet them at, this, at the place called the King's Valley. This is chapter 14, verse 17. So he's happy, like, hey, you know, we thought all of our stuff's gone. We're gonna start all over and all this and, and um, but everyone's really beat up on the guys and and got everything all this stuff. So the king comes out and in verse 18 is the first time we see Melchizedek, the obscure guy, kind of like who is this, you know? He is the king of peace, king of Salem which will be what? Jerusalem, eventually. He is the king of that area, so he brings out bread and wine now, and he was also a priest of the God Most High. So he's a local king, but he's also a priest. And in the Hebrew, God Most High is El El Yon. Now, I had a really good Jewish source, and I just love how they—they they just can, in a few words, really make it sound good. This in Hebrew is um, my New American Standard says God uh, Most High, and for it, but it actually means the strongest, strong one, possessor of heaven and earth. That's the title of who Melchizedek is a priest of. So, verse 19, he blesses him and says, Blessed be, Abram, of God most high, or, or the, the strongest strong one, okay, possessor of heaven and earth, and blessed be the strongest strong one who has delivered your enemies into your hands. And so Abram gives him a tenth of all of it, of all this, to this priest-king, who's going to be at Jerusalem. It's not Jerusalem, it's just Salem, the place of peace. Verse 21, And the king of Sodom said to Abram, Give the people to me and take the goods for yourself. And Abram says to the king of Sodom, I have sworn to the. And this is all caps, like Yahweh. Okay, I have sworn to the Lord God Most High. He's just attached. Y H W H. And Moses writing this out, he's just attached that to El L Yon. Okay, can so you You get this title, the unpronounceable one, that is the first word. The unpronounceable, we do not pronounce because he's so holy, but he's, and, he, and the name is not just his name, it's always a title, is that it's, he's the strongest, strong one. The Jews would know the possessor of heaven and earth. Well, that's a lot of trouble. Did you get where I was trying to say about this? There is a developing going on and Abram has just said this I have sworn to him okay telling the king of Sodom this verse 23 and that I will not take a thread or a sandal string thunk or anything that is yours for fear that you would say I have made Abram rich I will take nothing except what the young men that have eaten and the share of the men who went with me, gives their names, Let's, let them take their share. What is that, what is that saying? That's saying that Abram, I I'm going to read into this, but I think it's there. Abram, who lives up on the high hill area, okay, not down in the valley where his nephew lives, where the towns are, where the people are which it is just said in chapter 13 that uh this place is uh they're wicked exceedingly wicked sinners and they're against the lord so the king of a group like this abram has just said what i'm having nothing to do with you bud my allegiance—I have just sworn allegiance to the one that you guys are all against. Is that there? If you look at it. Okay, so if y'all's Bible study goes other ways, just tell me, or you stop me right now and go, no, you know, Jim, you're wrong. We we discovered this other little thing in our group. Okay. <laughs> I promise we'll give you an update as soon as they all talk this over the next time that they get together. It's good to have a bunch of scholars like, oh, king, where were the Messiah be born? This will be the group that would say, well, Bethlehem, obviously. (laughs) Okay, so chapter 15. After these things, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. I'm losing count of the different ways he's talking to him. Okay, so the first time in 12, he just tells him, I want you to leave. And then over in 12, 7, he appears to him. Okay, so this time, uh, and then the next time God talks to him after Lot, doesn't he? God says to him about Lot, now that you separate, he talks to him. And now this time, God is now appearing in a vision. So now there's a vision. There's a lot of of levels of communication with Abram going on here as as his life is developing. And he says to him, Do not fear, Abram. I am a shield to you, and your reward shall be very great. Now, why does he start out like this in a vision to him? Abram has just defeated a bunch of valley kings. Right? There's some valley kings down down the hill. He's living up on the mountains nearby, but they're down in the valley where his nephew is. He's defeated them because he's gone and took all their stuff. And he's pretty much toast. King of Sodom I ain't got nothing connected with you bud I've just sworn to the God that you you don't even follow allegiance, so after I think if it's like me, like after this well this kind of this confrontation is over, and it's just Abram at home with the sheep on the hill, you know you kind of go back over the day and you go man, man, I've started something. They're going to come after me one of these days when we're, you know, they're going to come after us. They're going to get together and come up here and come after us. Even though I got, I've trained some people to fight. But I don't know. So God comes in a vision and tells him, I'm for you. I'm your shield. Your reward shall be great. And Abram says, "O oh Lord God, what will you give me since I am childless, and my heir is this relative in Damascus." Verse three. And Abram says, "Since you have given no offspring to me, one born in my house, one born in my house is my heir." I don't have anybody born in my house. He didn't, say, you know, the way he says it. Verse 4 Then, behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This man will not be your heir. But one who will come forth from your own body, he shall be your heir. Now, I don't know how old he is yet. He started out at 75, he's older, he's, he's a little bit older. Um, let's say he's 80 roughly now let's say it's been about 5 years this conversation I, I, can't, I don't have anything to date it with except I have the next story is Is at age 6 the next time I get a, a date I mean an age no but one will come forth from your own body shall be. he shall be your heir And he took him outside. God took him outside and said, Now look toward the heavens and count the stars, if you're able to count them. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. Remember in the New Testament, when... uh, John the Baptist, the little encounter that his parents had, and you know, and the angel, the guy talks back to the angel, and he says, "Oh yeah, well then you're not going to talk until the baby's born," because Elizabeth was barren, you know, and and her husband had said, you know, "Well I don't know," and the angel, like, you don't know who you're talking to, bud. You're not going to be able to speak until the baby's born. Okay, so this is that kind of moment. So shall your descendants be. And verse 6, And then he believed in the Lord. And he, and God, reckoned it to him as righteousness, At rightness. This is right. This is right. When God speaks to you something to you which is impossible you go I don't know how but I believe you and the angel speaks to Mary and she says how can this be I'm not married. he says well the spirit of God is going to come upon you and you have a child. And she says, well then, well then, let it be to me according to your word. You hear, you hear the same thing down through the years? The developing of this, of this way of looking at life that the Jewish people have been developing, it starts way back. They start, not only do they worship God, you can worship, but, but your bigger worship is in your actions. So what do you do with that? Not that you just go sing them a song saying, oh, I think you're just so great. You know. I'm going to go off script here just for a second. Do you ever have friends that I, I am not making fun of? But do you have friends that get on Facebook or something some, somewhere where you, and something has happened in their life that was positive, and they put up a prayer, a praise report to God of, about, about God. God's so good. And the event itself was good. Whether there had been a God or not in the universe, it was, it was a night, nice, life went well for them right then. And even though that's true, and I know they mean it, I go, I hardly, I don't, is it one in a hundred? It's very rare, but sometimes one of my friends will tell of a hardship. And they'll end up telling of the hard thing and then say, God is good. It's easy when it's an easy day special when it isn't an easy day and it's special when it is impossible Sarah hasn't been able to have children all this time Abram's 80 she's 70 now but God says you're going to have children so he believes him he believes him let's go a few more minutes without reading the story but chapter 16 Sarah wasn't there for this part I don't think but Sarah's really been trying to help her husband so she comes up with a scheme you know she says well I got this Egyptian maid Hagar and if I could give her to you and then I could have a child because she's my maid you know, and put the baby on my knees and I could be the godparent, well I don't know, whatever. And I think he was being a loving husband. I don't think it was like, Yeah, she's cute. You know. I, I think I think he went along because he loves his wife. knew she was sad and you know so he does he sleeps with hagar we have ishmael and as soon as hagar finds out that she's gonna have a baby she just then man she gives it to her mistress then she gets haughty i have a baby and you don't have one and uh And then Sarah in 16.5, she, she, she comes back at Abram. May the wrong done me be upon you. I gave my maid into your arms, but when she saw that she had conceived, I was despised in her sight. May the Lord judge between you and me. This is not how she planned for it to go. So she was upset with her husband. I don't, I don't know what I'm reading into. I mean, like, does this mean that m- maybe she thought, well, he's going to show her a lot more favor now, that she's going to have a baby, you know. And a, you know. and Abram being, you see what's to his heart next. He tells her, he says, uh, Behold, your, your maid is your, in your power. You do to her what's good in your sight. So then, you know, his wife drives her out of the tent, whatever, out, out wilderness area and then we have this encounter with god and god telling her to go back you know that your son your son ishmael he will be a father of like 12 tribes he's going to be like a wild donkey when he's always his youth he's gonna, he's gonna you know be the wild child you know and she goes back and and all this happens and um So when, when when she has him, Abram's eighty-six now. Sarai is now seventy-six when Ishmael's born. And the next chapter skips time wise, we jump and it says that Abram is ninety nine years old. This is 13 years later. For 13 years, Ishmael's growing up. You know, no other babies, no more contact. All this, it appears that all this stuff has been going on, like almost every few weeks, God's, God's showing up. Something's happening. And we, we have Ishmael, the baby, and now it's all, everything's just normal life, kind of. 11 years, it's just, uh, or 13 years. 13 years goes by. I just stopped there. How about like that? Because I cannot get to the other little storyline that I wanted to go through without taking you off to a lot of other parts. anybody hear something in all this? Can anybody give me the bird's eye view? Abram was obedient. God had plans for it. Huh? Amen. Well everybody in this room is just like him. Yeah. 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 You were earlier before we before we started worship. You were just telling me family stories. We if we had time, every we could all sit in a big circle and just tell story everybody could be telling spiritual tales see and 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 your life is just like reading this book because we've got all these stories together we can flip we can flip forward in time we can see what happens today you were you were flipping forward in time telling me i've got 40 offspring and they all walk with god but then you flipped back and backward the other way and and told a couple of stories of when they weren't walking with god and like if we could freeze it right there and you'd go oh gosh what's going to happen next but right today i got to hear all that time span of they're not walking with god to now they're all walking with god and their offspring are walking with god 40 of them are walking with god Forty years. So what, So now what we're all going to do, what you're going to do, is today we're going to do our best to what we've got today, like Abraham. And then tomorrow we're going to do our best to what we've got tomorrow. And then Tuesday we're going to do our best to what we've got Tuesday. And Wednesday we're going to do that. And it's going to turn into years. Well, see, your life story up to now because all of ours is just always up just to now. But your life story is a great testimony to others' lives who isn't, their life is not going well right now. And you can tell them in hardness and in good times, good and bad, walking with God has proven to be worth it. Yeah, God loves you. Yeah, that's good. Lord, thank you for this Lord's Day. and. Why it's still day, may we all walk with you in humility and thankfulness today. And may we all rest tonight and then get up and walk with you again tomorrow. In Jesus' name, amen.